Welcome to Living Chassidus. Together, let's live the Chassidus we learn. Okay. Welcome, everybody. Chassidus in the morning. 15 minutes to change your life. And as a Hachana to Yudshvat. We're going to be learning Basi Ligani. We're going to be doing from this book in English. Just because English is a people's first language. Um, yeah. Just a, a few prefatory marks before we start on this beautiful journey. Um, Basil Ghani was the Maimah, whoever doesn't know, was the Maimah was given out by the Fidik Rebbe to be learned on Yudshvat and ultimately became the day that he passed away. And the Maimah actually consists of, it's like a series he gave my, he gave a series of my mom to be given out on different days. It was Yud Shvat, Yud Gimel Shvat, Purim, Beis Nissen, if I understand correctly. And so ultimately it, it becomes total 20 prakim. It's a hemshach, which is a continuation. It's different my mom, but a continuation of the same theme. And really, the we understand, and also the Rebbe, showed to us how this Maimur is for everybody. It's it's like the Fidik Rebbe's message for Darashvi. And if we want to know how we're meant to live our lives, it's it's based off this Maimur. And and also, what, and that's what the Rebbe did. Every year in Yud Shvat, he would go through another chapter and he would explain it. So meaning, meaning the first year when the Rebbe became Rebbe, he's, he said a Maimur called Basil Ghani. And that Maimah focused on this first parak of this Maimah. And then the next year, he, he said a Maimah of Basil Ghani focused on the next parak. And it's a 20-year cycle, plus 20, 20 chapters. And then he started again. He did it one and a half times, more than one and a half, but didn't finish the second time. It's a different discussion not for now. And yeah. That, but the trick is, in order to understand those Maimarim, which is essentially the Rebbe giving an explanation Biurim, on this Basilagani, so you have to understand this Basilagani well. And just a per, on a personal note, from this Maimar is a Maimar that uh, really changed my life and really got me to understand Chassidus. And it's, a, it's a, unfortunately, it's a Maimar that a lot of us have learned, but not understood at all. Like we learned to kuch tefillah, we don't have a das, we don't learn. Maim is just some words on a page, and it's not really life-changing. And for a lot of people, this beginning especially has become very synonymous because the Rebbe says it every time. And the Rebbe would say he's Maim, he'd always begin the same way like this. So a lot of people just skim through it. But yeah, like I know this already. But unfortunately, not a lot of us do know it. And we hope that at the end of this year, we will. So let's, let's begin. If you have this book... It's on page one. Otherwise, you can just listen in or whatever safe you have. So this just uh, also this book, it's, a, it's it's pure translation, but it also gives some a little bit of like explanations. So if you're following along in a different translation, it'll be a little confusing. And if you follow along in the in the in the Hebrew, yeah, you you might sometimes you might find, I'll say this in the brackets just to make sure it's clear. So, yeah, and hopefully with this achana, this preparation, Yudshvat will be in different Yudshvat than it's ever been. Much more of a powerful, meaningful experience. Okay, 
The following Maimur comprises chapter one to five, which is part one of the series of discourses with the general title Basil Ghani, was released in advance for study on Shabbos Pasha's boy, Yud Shvat 1950. So yeah, like I said before, it was it was given out on a, on the Friday on Shabbos, Friday night, in order to be learned on Shabbos. In honor of the outside of the author's grandmother, Robertson Rivka. Part one, Basil Ghani. I remember we're learning from the Fidikro. I've come to my garden, my sister, my bride. This is what it says in Shir Shirim. I've come to my, my garden, my sister, my bride. And in general, when you see in, in Shir Shirim or in Torah, when it has talks about, let's say, different types of love, so there's a love of a sister and a love of a bride. They're talking about different levels of love. The Shir Shirim, the measures explains not to be taken at face value. It is a metaphor describing the ongoing relationship between God and his bride. So what does it mean? I've come to my garden, my sister, my bride. The Jewish people talking about us. I've come to my garden, which is God. To my sister, my bride, which is us. The above verse, for example, refers to the time of the construction of the, of the base of Mikdash sanctuary. When the Shekhinah came into his garden. For it was then that the divine presence, distant for a time, was revealed in this world. So the Medrash explains on Shir Hashem in this pasuk, I've come to my garden and says to my bride, talking about the times of the Mishkan. That Hashem came into his garden. What does that mean? The Hebrew word for meaning to my garden is now discussed. The Medrash Rabbah, and Medrash Rabbah explains on this, on this pasuk, observes that the word is not used, Lagan, Basi Lagan, I've come to the garden, but Lagani, which means to my garden. And this implies Lagnuni, which is my bridal chamber. For as the commentaries on the measures explain, this possessive form implies a private place, such as a chamber in which the spiritual union of bride and groom is consummated. So the divine presence is thus saying, I've come to my bridal chamber, to the place which my essence was originally revealed. So what is the measure saying, Medjus that it's not just I'm coming to my garden, but I'm coming to my bridal chamber. What's a bridal chamber? It's a special thing that they made for Hassan and Kala for the first, I don't know how long of their marriage. It was a place to be come close, come together, and, and really get to know each other, and really be intimate. So too, with, with this Pasuk, what are we saying is, Hashem is saying, I've come back to my garden, meaning when Hashem, when we built the Mishkan, Hashem came back to where it was in the beginning, to, which, is, which is a place that we are very close and very connected to Hashem, where His essence was originally revealed. And he's going to explain the magic continues, in the beginning, the essence of the Shekhinah was apparent in the early world. However, in the wake of the cosmic sin of the tree of knowledge, the Shekhinah departed from the earth and rose into the heavens. Later on the account of sin of Cain and then Enosh, the Shekhinah withdrew even further from this world, rising from the nearest heavens to the second and then, from, and then the third. Later yet, the sins of the generation of the, of the deluge um, caused it to recede yet, recede from the third heaven to the fourth and so on. This progressive the session of the revealed divine presence is alluded to in the wording of the verse later Adam and Chava. So, heard the sounds God, he alluded to in the wording of the verse later Adam and Chava, Adam and Chava heard the sound of God walking about in the garden. So, Rabbi notes the verse does not say the expected form of the verb mahalich, which is going, rather mishalich, which is just a, a jumping. So, it's, so, what he's saying like this that in the beginning, Hashem was here, the world was created. So to speak, perfect, Hashem was here, divine presence was felt, it was clear, it was all a and, and it was very clear. 
And there was there was some ra, but it wasn't mixed. There were two separate things. And it was very clear that the tangibility of God was clear. The dual mitzvah was was much easier, much more, you know, when you did something right, you felt the difference, everything was good and clear. What happened? Adam and Chava ate from the tree of knowledge, and then Elikus departed. That sensitivity that you had for Elikus, the, cl- the clarity of Elikus in the world disappeared. <laughs> it went up a level. That's why he says, that's why Rabbi Abba says, doesn't say Mahalech, that, that Hashem was walking in the garden. It's Mishalech, was jumping, meaning it through that sin, it jumped out of him. Doesn't mean Godliness disappeared like we don't see anymore, like it's not here anymore, as much as it's not sensed anymore. The ultimate goal of our lives is to have that sensitivity for Godliness, of sensitivity for a mitzvah. Sensitivity for the opposite of not doing a mitzvah that, that we, we should, that's what a tariq is. A tariq doesn't, he, he, he hates doing an avera. It's not like he doesn't want to do it. It's disgusting to him. Why? Because he feels that he's sensitive to it. And what we want is that sensitivity. And what it was in the beginning, it was that sensitivity. It was very clear. And what happened? So then averas came. came. Adam and Chava made the, did an avera. And then that sensitivity went up a level and it was less sensitive, one level less sensitive. Then Cain and then Enish and then the flood. And all these, all these big averas cause that godliness to feel God, so to speak, doesn't feel at home anymore. So he, he leaves. It's like you're in a relationship with somebody, you do something hurtful. So the person sort of separates themselves from you. Now, it could be not a total separation, but it could be a little bit of a separation. And, and they're not as comfortable anymore. They're not as open and honest and, and that level. And they don't feel comfortable to talk to you. And, and your relationship, it, 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 it gets tainted. And this is, sort of, this is exactly what happened. In the beginning, Elikos was here, you felt it, you lived with it, it was easy. But then they didn't have air and then it went away a little bit and we didn't feel that anymore. We lack that, that sensitivity and it keeps, it keeps on going worse and worse. And it was seven, seven, seven big Averis that moved it away all the way up to the seven heavens, which means that sensitivity to Golanus was very, very diminished until the times of Avram, where it was Pashits, it was, you know, they just served the idols all day. The Medrash proceeds to explain that after the sin of the seven generations had caused the divine presence to withdraw seven spiritual spiritual levels from its initial manifestation in this world, the seven tzaddikim arose whose divine service drew the divine presence down once more into this world below. So then came seven tzaddikim, starting with Avram, and it brought it down progressively down below. Avram, Yitzhak, I think, Levi, Kahas, Amram, and ultimately Moshe. And they brought it down back into the world. Through the merit of Avram, the Shekhinah was brought down from the seventh heaven to the sixth. Avram made the sensitivity to the curse a little bit easier, and you could be more sensitive, a little more than what it was. Then, okay, through the merit of Yitzchak, the Shekhinah was brought down even more from the sixth to the fifth, and so on, until Moshe, the seventh of these Sadiqim, and all those are seventh, all those are seventh are cherished. This is what the Fidikar puts in from Vikarabha, but it's always in every Maim of this was put in. All those are seven that cherish, call Shvivin Chavivin. That means that you and I are in the seventh generation. The way the generation works, whoever gets confused, is that the generation works of the Rebbe. So the Alt Rebbe was the first generation. Then came the next Rebbe, the Mithra Rebbe. That's the second generation. And we are the generation of the Rebbe. So we're the seventh generation. The call Shvivin Chavivin means we are special. And the Rebbe explains in the Rebbe's mind about this, that we're special, not necessarily because of our actions of what we've done, but because of where we come in the place. We have an altar Rebbe, so then we have a seventh, and that's us. But the point we have to realize is that we are special, and we have a special mission. Our job 
is to bring that revelation, that the sensitivity to the kus down here, back to where it was. The Abishta in this world, sensitive, we can feel that and we can connect to that. The Vinyu is primarily revealed in the base of Migdash, as it is written. And where does this happen? This happened. Let me just check the time. Okay, good. This happened in the base of Migdash with Moshe. That's how it brought, brought it down. Like it says, Make for me a sanctuary and I should dwell within them. So significantly, the last Hebrew word of the verse is not as expected. Rather, so it says, you should make for me a sanctuary. I will dwell in them. Hashem says, make for me a, a, a mishkan and I should dwell within them. Why is he saying in them? It should be in it. So the reason why it says in them, because means within them, for Hashem desires, he has a craving to dwell, he craves a dwelling place within each individual Jew, that Hashem wants to live within us. That sensitivity causes us to have Hashem, want, the ultimate purpose is that Hashem wants to live in this world, means he wants to have this revelation, he wants to be comfortable in the world, just like you have a house. You know, you imagine you have a house and you have a guest over. The ultimate goal you want is that guest feels, feels at home. And the more we connect to Hashem and the more we do the right things, the more we connect, we make a mikdash, the more Hashem can feel at home. If our house is dirty, so to speak, or if we're not doing the right things, and Hashem is not welcome. But if we're doing the right things, Hashem is welcome. The more right things we're doing, the more welcome He feels. And the, and the more we work on that, the more He, can, he feels that way. And, and, the, and, that's, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make this place, so to speak, our house, within us and within the world around us, a place where God feels comfortable to come. This concept can grant us insight into the verse, It says that Sadiqim will inherit the land that should dwell within it. Now the righteous will inherit the land dwell from it. Now the word La'ad, he translated forever, recalls the word Ad in the phrase, So what does it mean that Sadiqim will inherit the land and will dwell upon this forever? First, we're talking about tzaddikim in, in, in the context of Yam Chukum tzaddikim. We're all tzaddikim, which is all of us. How do we inherit the land? For, like it says, He who dwells forever, exalted and holy is his name. Meaning, our verse may thus be understood as follows. The righteous will inherit the land, which is an allusion to Ganadin, the tzaddikim, or Ganadin. Why? Because they cause he who dwells forever, exalted and holy is his name, to dwell and be revealed in this physical world. How do you inherit the Gan Eden is through bringing Hashem down here. He who dwells forever, meaning godliness, Elikus, holy is his name, to dwell down here. With this in mind, namely the revelation of the divine presence in this, in the Mishkan, and more particularly in the revelation of the divine dimension within with ourselves in our own Mishkan, we can better understand the interpretation of the Pasuk Basilagani. As I have come to my bridal chamber, i.e., the Shekhinah, he speaks of its return to the original location of its essential abode in the midst of the nether being. So, what does it mean, Basilagani? Basilagani, I've come to my bridal chamber. Hashem is saying, in the times of the Mishkan, I came back, I feel comfortable enough to come back into my house. The world was his house, and we ruined it, and so he left. There were seven, seven Averis, and he left. And he said, I'm not comfortable anymore in here, and I'm out here. And he left. And then, through different people, starting with Avram and going down to Moshe, ultimately to Moshe, he brought it all back down. Hashem said, I feel comfortable again. And we're going to explain further what that means in general. And then we're going to discuss how do we do it for ourselves? 
because the question is, it's nice time. It's nice that we're talking about we have to, that they built a mishkan in seventh generation. Well, how do we build our mishkan? What do we need to do within our lives to make God feel comfortable? We want to have a revelation of God. We want to feel the Likus. We want to feel connected to God. How do we make Him feel comfortable in our surroundings? To be continued to learn about that tomorrow.